Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to yet another episode of Beyond the Present Podcast. I am, as always, joined here with Daniel Mulligan. How's it going, Dan? Hey, the man, buddy. Glad to be here with you, the one and only Poochix, to have another Let's Talk edition, another great episode to discuss things that matter. And life is, of course, uh, great as usual. We are trying our best to go through the situation. Fortunately, things are getting a little bit better in some countries, a little bit worse in some others. So now things are quite fine from my point of view in the Middle East. uh, Things are also quite fine in Russia. The U.S. is gradually recovering. Uh, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I heard some bad news about Germany because they had a basically a protest uh, the other day about uh, there's all these limitations against the coronavirus pandemic. Some people are saying this whole is just a hoax and all that stuff. And as you probably know, I've moved the uh, headquarters of my European company from Finland to Germany. And this was a little bit problematic because uh, this year Germany is going through a lot of changes in terms of perhaps they're going to have a new election and Merkel is going to leave and somebody else is going to come. And now there's a virus. So a little bit of problems in the European Union right now. But Everywhere else, things are quite fine as usual with all of our plans. Oh, that's awesome. Good to hear that. Um, now, the, the the progression of the coronavirus is one thing, but one thing that it did, it made a lot of real in-person physical communication move to a virtual space, such as Zoom Absolutely. calls. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And here today, we are sitting here to talk about that, uh, the difference between these two and the impacts it might have had or keeps having on our communications. So let's, um, let's, let's, uh, let's dig in. So what is the uh, essence of a virtual, virtual communication that is different than a physical communication and an in-person face-to-face communication, in your opinion? Very well. So if anybody here uh, among our listeners is from NLP or Neuro Linguistic Programming, one of the... Co- this uh, field of uh, endeavor is that communication is basically only about uh, three to five percent made of words. It's almost about, uh, let's say, 25 to 35 percent in terms of uh, vocal uh, tonality and voice and so on. And the rest of it, the majority is actually body language. So if you look at communication for, you know, from, from these types of words, which is Voice and tonality, which is uh, yet small, but uh, more important, of course, than just words. And then body language has the most important element of communication. You realize that virtual communication, especially texting, is probably the least effective means of communication. Now, obviously, nowadays we have things like stickers and, I don't know, emojis and all that. But even those things still not fully help us convey our emotions well in our communication. So because of this, you can probably guess as an extrovert that I am, how I personally feel about, you know, virtual communication. So I use it just like everybody else as part of my business communications. I rarely use virtual communication uh, to, I don't know, just to have fun or pass my time because for me, that's just strictly business or to be in touch with friends and uh, basically, in different parts of the world. So if I'm right now sitting in one city, let's just say that right now I'm in Warsaw, Poland. And I'm not going to be texting my friends in Poland or in Warsaw. I will be texting my friends in other countries. But if I am in Warsaw and I want to, let's say, practice my Polish, I am only going to be meeting my friends face to face because I believe that effective communication requires focus and physical presence. That's my personal uh, take on that. Now, of course, I do know that there are some people who are not necessarily as extrovert as I am, and they're rather shy. So for these people, 
obviously such means of communication like texting can be very helpful because it can you know somehow protect them from that shyness but for most of us i do not see virtual communication especially via texting and stickers and so on as anything more than just purely business and it's not really efficient so personally i'm not a huge fan but at the same time i do know that in the you know especially in my line of work which i work with from all around the world it is but impossible to rely only on face to face communication because i mean the only uh, case that that might be possible uh, it's if my childhood dream is realized and humanity invents teleportation <laughs> always been my childhood dream since a very young age. Everybody asks, like, what's, like, the, the one superpower you want to have? And everybody's like, all things. I want to, like, freeze time, all those things. And I always said one thing, instant teleportation to any part of the world. That was, like, you know, my childhood dream. So until and unless, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you right now, by the way, if, if someday there is, I will perhaps abandon all virtual communication altogether. And I will simply rely on face-to-face communication all of my interactions. But... As of today, unless you're living in some fantasy world, there is no such thing as teleportation, which means we need to use and virtual communication to reach people from all parts of the world and uh, basically to communicate. This also saves a tremendous amount of time as well as, you know, it reduces our carbon footprint to the environment. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to always move around with your car or with, you know, planes, you generally are going to increase a lot of uh, basically carbon emission. And that's bad for our planet. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you look at this issue at this moment, there is a, you know, from my point of view, there's a great plus here for virtual communication and that it saves time and it, you know, saves our planet. But other than that, there are so many uh, disadvantages to, you know, virtual communication that I personally can actually go uh, uh, in depth to all of them. But personally, am I a fan of virtual communication? No. Do I use it? Yes, probably more than most people. And do I like it? Probably not, but I have no other choice because we don't have teleportation. Come on, guys, think of something. <laughs> so I, I, I was just when you were I mean, talking. You're about... a physicist, Fujix. Come on, it's, it's, it's the job of guys like you to make this <laughs> teleportation happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, working on it. No, but when you were talking about teleportation, the first thing that came to my mind was Dan jumping in and out of rooms and was like, "Hey, buddy, oh, I have, well, I have to go." But yeah, it has a lot of other advantages, <laughs> of course, in your personal life too. It's not just always about business. You can also do a lot of nutty stuff with that stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah the sky is the limit, right? All right, okay. So, so let's let's actually do jump into some of the um, and analyze the the disadvantages one by one. But before so, we go further, because uh, Jix, uh, believe it or not, our listeners might not know this. I actually learn a lot a lot more about these things, and you were one of the guys who actually got me more uh, hooked with virtual communication of all kinds because I wasn't so much into it. I want to actually ask you yourself, Jix. So. How much do you use it? How well do you use it? Of course, our listeners know that we have a a difference in terms of our temperament. So I'm more extroverted and you're more introverted. So uh, how do you use, uh, you know, this this form of virtual communication and how well and how much do you actually use it? And for what purposes? Right. Well, I mean, so that's a very good question. For my attitude is slightly different. I do agree with you that nothing beats the physical, in-person, face-to-face communication when it comes to stuff that actually do matter. Um, mm-hmm. By do matter, it means I mean that uh, you know they're convoluted and complex enough that you require some degree of uh, quote unquote code breaking to understand exactly what that person means. So if I'm having a debate with somebody on a let's say important issue, I don't want to do it on a phone call. I want to do it in person, preferably. But if not possible, the next best thing would be a video call. I don't even I don't even um, engage in such a debate in a 
voice, uh, you know, uh, stream of communication, which is, I think, lacking a lot. Um, however, like I do like it for a lot of scenarios. For example, if I'm scheduling something to for a meetup, like the plan is um, clear what we intend to do, but um, it's just the timing that we're trying to figure out. Um, I would like to use the text, of course, because then that person can take the, receive my text, take their time, go on their calendar, whenever they know if it works for them or not, give uh, give a text back to me and we can and it, it can take as long as it can it needs unless it's an emergency like a meetup kind of situation in which you pick up the phone and call them and fix it but my point is there are scenarios that i think um even a text specs uh, communication can be uh, quite quite useful or wow. uh, often often it's, it's not a communication but just a ping just a heads up it's like i'm um, i'm ready in five minutes done you, i think so. i think that's up. probably the best usage of virtual communication anyways right Right, right, exactly. So, point being, that, like, obviously, there's a lot of good things that come out of it. But if you unilaterally go on a text-based communication, then obviously you're missing a lot. And the you being the rhetorical, you not. I, I know you don't do that, <laughs> but uh, that's right. But but yeah, and uh, I I agree with you. So I I cannot I don't I cannot think of a way that we can beat the physical face-to-face -face in the same room in the same place. Kind the kind of communication on on more complex topics that uh, perhaps we are trying to convey to one another. Absolutely, absolutely true. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, now let, let's actually go into deep and say why this is actually what 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 are we exactly missing? So obviously there are layers, so we can go one by one, or you can jump between them. Doesn't matter really. But obviously there's um, there's a physical thing in the same room, let's say same place. There's a virtual uh, the, um, the the video format of a video conference or a video call. Then we have the voice, and then we have the text combined with emojis or without emojis, what have you. Okay, so so let's go. Obviously, physical things has a lot um, that is missing in a in a video format. Can can you can you go deep into what is missing exactly between those two? Um, yeah. So first of all, let's uh, compare them in details. Uh, we have face-to-face -face communication. Now, I was once talking about this issue with one of our uh, basically seminar attendants, and uh, I asked him, so guys, do you feel right now there's a lot of you guys uh, basically here uh, sitting here next to each other, and you feel the energy, right? And one of my uh, basically seminar attendants, who was also a great friend of mine, uh, he said, listen, Dan, I think it's because of the soul of these people. So our souls connect to one another and we create that energy or vibe. I don't know about that because science still has not proven uh, the existence of soul or spirit. However, we all know that once we are in the physical presence of other people, it always feels different. This could be the vibration they emit from the surface of their skins, as we know that in quantum physics, that everything is vibrating and there's an energy level involved. So when you're talking to a real human being face to face, whether you call it spirit or whether you call it the quantum vibrations of their, let's say, uh, body or their energy level or simply their heat and the temperature they generate through, you know, their body temperature, whatever it is, there's always bigger impact in terms of what they do to you and how you feel. Other than that, it's about communication itself. So as we mentioned, the biggest aspect of communication is your uh, body language. Imagine I'm smiling first right now because we have a podcast it's a purely mm -hmm. in audio. Imagine I'm smiling and I tell you like, oh man, come on. Now compare that 
with someone changing his facial expression and tonality and say, hey, come on. These two imply very different meaning. I can say, you idiot, with a very aggressive, for example, tone. I can say, huh, you idiot. These are very, very different meanings, right? So mm -hmm. because of the fact that body language conveys the majority of the meaning of an interaction, because uh, let's be honest, when you're talking to somebody else, most of what you are perceiving of that interaction is the body language. This is how the mm -hmm. brain is wired, basically. And uh, if, if you're saying things, are those things sincere or not? So, for example, let's say you uh, text your buddy or your girlfriend or your boyfriend in the morning. And what's up? She texts back, I'm doing fine, smiley, smiley. But let's say you saw her in the, you know, in the same room the next morning and say, what's up? She says, gosh, another Monday. Shit, yeah, I'm fine. So you will perceive of these two communications the same, even though they have the same verbal context. I'm doing fine. Which is why face-to-face -face communication, first of all, conveys more information about the person, allows us to understand whether the other person is being sincere and telling exactly how he or she feels. I mean, for example, lie detection itself works only in person. You cannot... Uh, you know, use lie detection solely by text unless they're making some very serious mistakes, right? Or they are mm -hmm. saying things that are very contradictory. But in reality, you can understand people better face-to-face. -face. You know how they're feeling. You understand whether what they're saying is like a, let's say, sarcastic comment. It's an aggressive comment. You feel it, all of those, and you take it in on a subconscious level. And by the way, you don't have to be a trained body language expert to understand most of these. Now, it is true that if you have deep you know, studies in body language, you can do a lot of cool things, like knowing, for example, whether a person is lying or not by up to 95% accuracy, whether the person is sincere or not, whether what he or she says will actually be done. These are all the things you can learn through additional study of body language. It can you know, make you do some crazy stuff that seems like magic, but they actually can be done with the help of body language. But even if you have no concept of even what, even if you don't know what the word body language means, you can still, by nature, the way we are, our brain is wired, we can understand other people's feelings and emotions. And because mm -hmm. of this, we are missing out on all of these things when we rely on virtual communication. However, in virtual communication, we also have video calls, which is probably the best form of uh, basically uh, virtual communication, because in that case, you have uh, what you know what they're saying, that is the, the words they're using, you hear their tonality and you see their faces. But still, since it's not exactly 3D, it, is, it doesn't carry the same weight. It's the closest thing that comes to Facebook's communication, but it's not the same, actually. And if you add on top of that, you know, the uh, connection problems and uh, let's say that light in the room and all those things, you will have even more uh, problems. But overall, as I mentioned earlier, it, we can always improve the quality of our, uh, let's say, virtual communication if we try to model it after real face-to-face -face communication. So I mentioned earlier about emojis. That's a great inclusion that mm -hmm. will allow us to kind of get, is it like a sarcasm or is it real? So these are the things that can actually add up. But in the end, as I mentioned earlier, the major absence of body language as well as tonality makes most text-based communications, from my point of view, uh, not efficient at all, and probably mm. close to th three or four percent effective. Yeah, no, that 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 makes a lot of sense because um, as social animals, we're biologically wired uh, to you know understand a lot of these things, even though sometimes we don't know what we're understanding really exactly. or how we're doing it. Um, actually, there's a good um, a book. I mean, not exactly on this, but 
it talks about this uh, blink by malcolm gladwell which Very actually does talk about this a little bit if people are interested to read more um they're welcome of course um yeah so i mean especially the text specs the text-based <laughs> communication is too far from the physical one um now when we go to voice um as you mentioned for example you were reading that sentence i forgot what the um exact wording was but no you can you can imagine it with every kind of sentence what the hell are you doing or or oh you, you said you idiot yeah it could it could when you introduce the tonality it becomes different now there's all obviously and uh, the subtle subtler ones which becomes more obvious when you see people now with the roll of an eye for instance now that you can again get in a video setting um uh, even body language to extent if the entire body is visible in the camera you can get it um can you can you can you explain like in 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 a, in a little bit of a detail maybe maybe that's the energy thing that you talk about but what is it exactly that we don't get beyond the video compared to physical well uh, what, what you mentioned about energy first of all i believe in that energy part because that is actually proven by science you're i mean you probably know mm. far more about this than i uh, do basically and it's called quantum physics so basically all living organisms are uh, basically generating heat and energy this is just quite normal which is why we need to you know uh, things like food and rest to be able to keep uh, expanding we lose cells and burn uh, and burn energy to uh, you know build new cells so that energy aspect of it, I think, is very important. So real people, they are emitting energy. Now, some get spiritual, call it things like aura or spiritual energy. Maybe that's the case. I, I'm neither going to uh, basically confirm nor deny it because in this regard, I will remain uh, nearly uh, agnostic because science cannot prove it. But at the same time, science cannot disprove it. So I will not comment on that. But science has already proven that there is this thing called vibrations of basically uh, organisms and the energy they emit. So that's one thing. The other factor is being with other people, you're not just seeing them. You are also smelling them, even at a very deep subconscious level. You see, everyone carries with themselves a smell. Now, that smell could be very pleasant, like, and let's say, and very nice odor that you've added. could be very unpleasant, as you probably know. If, you, if, you are, if you're someone like me who goes to the gym frequently and happens to be <laughs> in this uh, god-awful place called the locker room, then you probably know what, uh, what I'm talking about. So... People are also, uh, you know, emitting a lot of smell. And when it comes to cases like uh, basically mating or finding your partner, this is actually proven basically that uh, people tend to uh, release uh, basically based upon their hormonal status, they uh, send different smelling signals uh, that implies whether or not they're open for mate. So believe it or not, maybe you're out there talking to someone and you suddenly feel a sense of attraction without knowing why you like that man or woman. And the answer is pheromones. So pheromones are now, it's, it's not just for humans, it exists among all basically living organisms. So the pheromones exist only in face-to-face -face communication, which is why I'm so against Tinder. Gosh. And I hate that it's becoming even more popular these days. It's just such a, such a terrible way to meet someone. So pheromones are like this. So you tend to emit that smell to attract mates, basically, and all that stuff. Uh, obviously, it's about the way you dress. So as you probably uh, have seen, there's a lot of you know, memes and jokes about this. People uh, dressing top up very professionally while they're you know, wearing their <laughs> underwears below as they look at you know, the laptop. So that's like a new thing. And especially working remotely uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic has made this even more popular. People dressing all nice. They got the suit on on top and they're wearing their you know, mommy's underpants basically right there. So yeah. it's like kind of like not the same thing. And more importantly, 
in person, you probably get the chance to do what we call touch. Or because as you, as you know, in NLP, we say we have five major senses and all that we are is a result of those five senses. And one of those critical senses is actually the sense of touch. Things like a mm -hmm. handshake, things like a hug, things like, uh, I don't know, tapping their shoulders or holding them or all of these things. These are going to also add a lot of meaning and emotional components to our communication that simply are not present uh, in virtual communication, basically. So all, when you add these things together, plus that energy level, then you realize why it is a lot more efficient to uh, perhaps uh, communicate using body language and face-to-face -face than using the Internet and uh, virtually. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Now, um, now, the natural question is, okay, um, we try. We try to do a lot of it in person as much as necessary. Uh, but obviously, we're in a, especially now in time, we're in a circumstance, not just because of the uh, uh, enablers of the technology, but actually because of the circumstance, a lot exactly. of things are being done without the physical presence, like people are working remotely and having their meeting and what have you, or even texting um, each other for, for stuff. I mean, one good example of a potential solution to um, use these virtual, virtual forms of communication but still convey the most that you want um, was to include emojis, for example, in text. That's a great example. Now, are there things that you can advise um, on the, for example, well, even text again, but uh, voice and video specifically to convey your messaging better uh, as, a, as a messenger, not receiver? Of right? course. Yeah. Of course. Well, I think in this regard, Pujus, you're definitely more experienced than I am because most of my virtual communication is strictly limited to business. I tend right. to avoid uh, basically uh, communications that are on a personal, friendly, or romantic level via text or calls or these things because I'm a firm believer, especially when it comes to important emotional relationships, let's say with your parents, let's say with your partner, with your children. I really believe that uh, for example, having these types of communications via virtual, uh, you know, virtually and via text or these things, it's a lot easier, but efficient, uh, very inefficient. So most of my virtual communication usually occurs in my personal, you know, professional life. And I tend mm -hmm. to avoid it in my personal life as much as possible. Right. Uh, so when it comes to professional, uh, basically, life, however, uh, I uh, really like to emphasize on being quite clear in your text. Because one of the biggest issues of texting is that there are two major problems. Number one is that you might not uh, imply what you really mean. And number two is that time distance. So, for example, if I'm talking to you right now, face-to-face, -face, and I'm saying, like, so, what do you think? And then you uh, look in my eyes, look in a different distant direction, and don't talk to me at all. In mm -hmm. a real physical communication, what do we assume here, Pujix? Well, it's kind of insulting. It's the, yes. Uh, you know, so you feel yeah. insulted. You feel like, excuse me, I'm talking to you, dude. Right, right. So right. you feel, or if you don't feel insulted, you might feel like, what happened to me? Is he, is he depressed? So this <laughs> brings about basically, uh, you know, some weird things. And we are, by the way, evolutionary wired this way. So because we did not have virtual communication that on a massive scale for about, let's say, I don't know, for the past, uh, we only had it for the past, let's say, 10, 20 years. Now, of course, we had telephone before that, but even that was like, even if this whole thing begins with the telephone, which is, I don't know, about 100 years old or something, that is still a very, a tiny fraction of our evolutionary history. So that'd be more like, I don't know, perhaps uh, if, if our, all of our evolutionary background was 24 hours, the invention of virtual communication, including telegraphs and so on, is probably less than 1% of that 24 hours. So imagine like uh, we are not wired emotionally for that kind of communication. Mm -hmm. So if I'm talking to you right now, 
and you're looking at this and you feel like, dude, this guy either doesn't respect me or something like this. But in virtual communication, I mean, you can't do this uh, because maybe the person that you're uh, texting, he's, <laughs> I'm sorry, he's maybe he's using the bathroom. Maybe he is in a little <laughs> bit important meeting. Maybe he's trying to make love to his partner. Maybe there's something going on. Maybe he's really is depressed and doesn't even want to meet. Because if you are really down and depressed, let's say, I don't know, somebody is depressed or they have a health problem, you're not going to go out to meet your friend. But they, anyone can reach you 24-7. I was talking to a, a friend of mine, and uh, she was a lady, and uh, she really felt like I'm feeling a, a sense of apathy. I feel like very down and sad. So that person... If you text him or her, she's not going to respond to it because you're here. She is feeling down. But mm -hmm. in, a, in a real communications, that will never happen because you will not meet her in the first mm -hmm. place. Right. So because of all these challenges that, you know, the it, it occurs over distance, there comes a series of issues. Number one, the timing of the response. Uh, someone might not respond to our text for two days. And we assume, oh, this guy doesn't respect me. But in mm -hmm. fact, the person is perhaps really busy or maybe in a bad mood. Or he don't know what's going on. Or maybe simply he did not even, uh, he forgot to respond or he didn't want to send a text and there was a connection. So all of these issues can get in the way, which is why I would like to uh, create basically, uh, and I like to you know, create a, a, a rule for texting that I personally use all the time. And my rule is very simple. Uh, I send a text to someone. And when I send a text to someone that I you know, know, I expect a response. It's very normal. Everybody does that. Now, the person might not respond to it. This means perhaps the person is not available or is not willing. Either way, I wait because, you know, we, we are, I'm not there. I'm not with that person. Maybe he or she is in the middle of something important. Maybe he or she is not there. So I wait. And if I realize that waiting did not change it and I have not still gotten my response, I'm not going to send the second or a third message. Instead, I will simply make a phone call. Why? Because when you make a phone call, it implies I, we are discussing something urgent and important that requires your attention. But when you're sending a text, by its very nature, text is what we call a low investment social uh, activity. So if I'm sending a text to you, it means what I'm saying is not urgent and could be mm -hmm. responded at any moment. That's what I assume, basically, right? So in all my uh, you know, business interactions, if I'm sending an email or a text, I'm not expecting an urgent response. If I do, especially in the case of email, I would instead prefer to make a phone call. Now, if a phone call is for whatever reason not possible, I simply add over the uh, text or email, uh, your fast response will be appreciated. I usually add this at the bottom of my email. Over text, I, I really do this because text by its very nature is what we call an unurgent form of communication. So uh, I, I do not expect my texts to be responded quickly because if I want a response quickly, I will make a phone call instead. For whatever, let's say I want to talk to my supplier, let's say I want to talk to my, for example, security guard, whatever it is, if it's urgent, I have to make a uh, basically phone call instead. So anybody who's using text, from my point of view, they should use the same uh, strategy. If you want to say something, something is very important and urgent, you should not use texting because texting is merely a text. It lacks vocal tonality. It lacks body language. And in many cases, even though it lacks smileys, especially in, in, you know, in the case of business communication. So... It almost implies that I'm just another text like all the other texts. So you should not necessarily expect a response quickly. And uh, generally speaking, I also uh, believe we should uh, follow the pattern of the other person. So if I send a text right now and the person responds after 20 minutes, that implies he or she might be very busy. But if he or she responds immediately, that means that he or she is available. So in that case, again, 
if I see the person is immediately available, I'm not going to keep texting. I'll just call the person. It's like, oh, this guy's actually available. Let's call. Why? I will use every opportunity to stop texting and start calling, speaking, video calling, because I want my communication to be as close to the physical communication as possible. Because texting is a perverted version of communication. It's not the real communication. And for that reason, if anything, if, you're, if you are upset about something, you should not exert over text. You should call the person. If you mm -hmm. want to clear something that is not clarified yet, you should call or you should have a, a video call. For all these important issues, I recommend using video and voice, uh, voice calls and not text. And I uh, like to use text for things of, uh, th that are either extremely banal, like see you at this time or be there at this time or I will see you in front of this place. Like these, you know, uh, uh, been there, done that kind of stuff. Very simple type of communication, command-based. Or for things that are not very urgent. Like if I really want to say like, oh man, check this out, very nice. This does not require an immediate response, right? So for that reason, I save texting for things that are neither urgent nor very important. And the more important and the more urgent the text or the communication is, I actually convert the text to a phone call or a video call. And ideally, I don't do any of those. I just arrange a meeting. If I'm in the same city, I will do it all face-to-face. -face. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, no, that's good. I think uh, we covered a lot. Obviously, this topic is unexhaustible. You can keep going. So we have to come to a national halt. And that is, I think, a good place to do that. Unless yeah, you want to add something up or do a summary of what we talked about. That's right. Very well. So we had a great time today, of course. We discussed the issue of virtual communication. Now, as you probably know, I am a critic of virtual communication. I'm not a huge fan of it. And I explain all the reasons why. And mainly it's because virtual communication is not as efficient as actual face-to-face -face communication. However, there's a huge advantage to virtual communication. And that's there are no limits on uh, with whom you can speak, when you can speak, and wherever that person might be, right? Because the internet and the communication, we're, we're, this is called communication at the speed of light. So we have no limitations in this regard. However, that lack of limitations also creates its own set of problems, which we addressed in terms of knowing how to respond and how to text someone. And more importantly, uh, we emphasize on the importance of trying to make our virtual communication as close to the real version as possible by including things like video calls where we can actually see the person using our tonality and, uh, you know, we have voice calls and trying to use texts, not as a means of, you know, entertaining or just wasting your time, nor just trying to express the most important deepest thoughts. I mean, one of my friends said like, <laughs> I truly want to express to my partner how much I love her. I don't know how to write it on text. I said, dude, don't text her. Just go tell her face to face. Or even some people actually break up over text. It's just really just boggles my mind. Unbelievable. So you want to use text as a means of reaching the person. And this is one of the things I learned from one of my friends, basically. And uh, he said, use text as nothing but a means of arranging a meeting. This is one of my friends who said that, actually. And... Uh, uh, he's a great, uh, you know, Jewish gentleman that I like and I learn a lot from. So uh, he said, like, don't use text for anything other than arranging meetings. Now, that meeting could be, let's say, a, you know, virtual meeting via Skype or Zoom or, uh, let's say, messengers. Or it could be a person, you know, ideally a face-to-face -face meeting. But ultimately, save texting, at least from my point of view, mainly for arranging real meetups. However, uh, when it comes to these arrangements, these texts are very efficient. Are you available? Yes, I am. Here and here at that time, let's see each other. So for that reason, 
I'm a huge proponent of not relying on texting as a means of communicating, but using text to arrange virtual meetings via Zoom. You're saying like, but I don't want to do business, man. I want to talk to my friend. Okay, you can text your friend or you can you know, video call your friends. Which one's going to be, uh, do you think, more effective? The answer is obvious, video calls. So why don't you use text to arrange a video call instead of just texting to see how you're doing? That'll be a lot more efficient if you actually uh, see him, talk to him, and so on. So for that reason, that's how I personally like to use text as a means of arranging either a virtual or a, you know, basically a face-to-face -face meeting. Well, that's amazing. All right. Um, with that, we're coming to the end of the show. Thank you, as always, Dan. It's my pleasure, buddy. Glad to be here with the one and only Pujix. Uh, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I did, for sure. Um, and please um, leave us comments. Let us know what you want us to talk about. And please, if you have time and if you enjoy the show, go uh, rate it, comment it, let it grow. Uh, we would appreciate it. And until a later episode, have a good one.